heavens! What kind of radiolo show is this? Hi, this is Thor from Swans, Amanda Palmer, Bill Callahan, Ben Frost, and tons of other bands. And you're about to hear none of the above. Broadcasting from an underground studio in Louisville, Kentucky, where eardrums go to die. You're listening to None of the Above on the Studio Underground Podcast Network. It is another episode of None of the Above Podcast, broadcasting from Louisville, Kentucky, in the Studio Underground basement in St. Matthew's neighborhood. Hello, <laughs> my name is Man Dude. This is our show. In studio, we have the best goddamn karaoke team <laughs> this side of the uh, Ohio. That's right, folks. We got drunk on Saturday. <laughs> oh, yeah. We got As a dr- unit. <laughs> got drunk, and we had a, um, a none of the above block of karaoke <laughs> at our uh, guest bar, who we'll uh, talk to you a little bit. And uh, Yeah, I got to tell you, we, uh, we all killed it. Everyone, everyone brought the house down. Everybody brought the house down. Sometimes twice. Yeah, sometimes twice. Everybody was really into it. Uh, I loved Rob telling a drunk girl to get off the stage, get off the stage. Oh, that was great. <laughs> it was her birthday, too. I don't care. It was, God, it was my time. <laughs> she signed up, and she could flirt with, uh, what were they calling him, like, Karaoke Wolf or something? Karaoke Wolf. <laughs> Somebody... Karaoke Sasquatch. What's his name, Sam? Do you know? Uh, oh, uh, Carl. Carl. Okay, yeah. Carl. And super nice, but not, not to shit on this dude. But, like, I was like, man, flirt with the karaoke guy on your, t- like, in between <laughs> songs. She was like, it's not like she went behind me to, to kindly request a song while I was up there. She was just like, hi. Hi. I karaoke guy like right in my face and I'm trying to like kiss from a rose on people and like touch <laughs> touch strangers faces and she just you you move now. We had a a blast and um got super drunk. Well, to start off the night, well first let's introduce it and figure out who's in the uh, goddamn studio here. Yeah, it's yeah. me myself, the man dude, Elliot Turton, Bobby Cold drinks, Rob Montage, Kyle apparently, Yo. and our guest Samuel St. Samuel of Call Me Bronco fame and Taproom fame. Yes. Yeah. He's here. I can't I can't go anywhere without somebody talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a that sounds like a like a bird man blessing. It's such a hard life you, that I live. You took the bus here, yeah. Yep, yep. And how many people recognize you on the bus? Uh no one on the bus. But I'm making friends. Oh well, yeah, well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's the important thing. Yeah. Uh oh yeah, so we started out the evening. Paying twenty dollars to get to a show. Yeah, we went to the uh, Great Louisville Outskirts Festival at the New Vintage. Let me uh, unplug the uh, Q monitor there because I'm hearing myself. Um, and it was like a, it's like an all, um, well, bands is a three day event. All the bands had uh, females in them, and it's like a charity yep. event yep. that uh, it's really cool. I wish Luxie was a little older so she could like get involved with it uh, more because they uh, teach like young girls guitar and bass and drums and how to sing. It's uh, cool. It's like a benefit for that. Did you buy one of those t-shirts that said rock out with your cock not present? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think it flowed very well, but I mean, it looked good on those koozies. Um, get it? Koozies? I'm sorry. So we went to the uh, night that had uh, our friends on the bill. Cell phones? Absolutely not. Shannon Wright. Uh, trophy wife, and I've created a Louisville outskirts uh, playlist of tunes. Excellent. We will be uh, doing in our first break. I love all girl rock, and we're, and of course the the big name on that show, mm-hmm. Shannon Wright. Shannon Wright, yes, 
Which I had, you know, I've never really listened to Shannon Wright. I didn't know Dude. it was all like fucking post punky stuff like that. I thought she was just like a singer songwriter that had a backing band, and that shit was gnarly. It her earliest albums are pretty light and a lot of piano and very little guitar, mm. and then it just turned into a full blown like heavy as hell. This album, her most recent album, which we'll be playing in the break, is uh, super heavy, and I like it that way. And she makes these insane guitar chords. I just can't. For the fucking life of me, figure out how she's doing it. I think she does the same kind of thing that I do when I sit down to play guitar. I'm like, well, I only know power chords, so what if I hit this one, this one, and this one? Ah, no, that sucked. What if I move this one? Blah, all right, <laughs> just by feel. It sounds like she's tapping, a la math rock style, but because um, it's like boom, she does a lot of that. Uh, but she's a mystery, and I love her. I've seen her three times when she played with. Uh, shellac down here that was awesome she played that jason noble benefit too didn't she yeah that was the uh, the same show that was the shellac show Uh uh-huh okay it was only a tuesday and i still lived in indiana so i couldn't come and it was at a church and they only served tea (laughs) no no water and tea yeah so todd trainer was very happy yeah yeah pretty much so we went to that had a good time Got to uh, I got to finally see the cell phones, which I've been dying to see i've not seen the cell phones up until now i I know how i keep what you didn't even go to the one at knockbar no, we got there. I went, but they already played, and they're already mm. in the backyard. I know that's rough. But so finally, uh, popped the cell phone cherry. I think I was, you saw them at a good time too, because like them with a sound system and like the full like mm-hmm. mu- like even though it can be questionable the sound there sometimes. Uh, yes. You like <laughs> it was still just like with the thick bass drum and everything from all the the PA powering it all was. Mm-hmm. It felt like that was one of just like the loudest like heaviest times I've ever seen them because yeah, you know with the their gear. On top of everything else. Yeah, you wouldn't think an acoustic bass would project that much, but it sure does. It's punchy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A fucking violent femme style. Is <laughs> <laughs> up there. Mm-hmm. The drummer is also really good at uh, close-up magic, like ma- like magic tricks, like mm. cards, and he always carries these coins. Right? He was sitting at, the mer- at their merch table um, just f- like rolling big coins over his knuckles like an old-timey um, huckster. <laughs> And he'll just like, oh, check this out. And he'll like put three coins in your hand and then like bop your other hand. And there's like a coin in it. It's, I don't know. Very, very strange. He's a witch. He's a witch. He's a witch on drums. Yeah. Got some spooky, good magic happening on the drums. Oh, yeah, baby. So we did that. Friend of the show, Tall Chris, came down from Chicago with his uh, lovely gal pal, Jordana. And um, we uh, all hung out. And then we went to the tap room. Where a guest uh, Sam works, where where Van Van Frank Three Vanama got a chance to shine when we all met back at me and Kyle's and just said, "Screw this, we're all taking the party bus." We even put the second bench back in, which we haven't done since I got the damn thing, mm-hmm. and like just what what were there nine of us in that? Thing? Yeah, there were we nine. Just mm-hmm. ro- rode the whale downtown, well, downtown to Bardstown, to the Matios parking lot, and the shady speedway, and then we all uh, had fifty dollar bar tabs. Shade way. Mine was not fifty dollars. It seems like I can't get away from that place. Like it's my day off, and you're still and, there. And now I'm talking about you guys is having a good time while I was at work. Right Speaking of tap room, I think it is a. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think it's a breath of fresh air uh, as far as uh, bars go. It kind of uh, reminds me of like Cahoots back before Cahoots was terrifying. Yeah, Cahoots circa two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Like there would always be people you know hanging out. Mm-hmm. You'd know a bartender or two, and you mm-hmm. could go there and have a chill time and maybe see a show or whatever, eat a wing off yeah. the floor. Yeah. And But now, obviously, <laughs> Cahoots is a 
hellish <laughs> hellish dreamscape. Mos Eisley. Mom, yeah, yeah. Except like Mos Eisley had cool dudes like Han Solo at it. It's like if Mos Eisley was just all Greedos. I don't like you. <laughs> My friend doesn't like you either. <laughs> just sad. I know that character's backstory. Mm. You read the books, didn't you? I did. <laughs> So we got pretty uh, crunk, and then uh, got time to uh, sing some karaoke, and we all went up together and put in our songs, and Rob started off the uh, set with... A Kiss from a Rose. Kiss from a Rose. Seal classic, Batman Forever. <laughs> Batman. <laughs> was that the actual theme song for that movie? I mean, it was all the soundtrack. So, yeah. And there was also like, Hold Me, Feel Me, Kiss Me, Kill Me by U2, which is like a pretty tolerable U2 song as those songs go. Mm. Uh, and then um, after you sang... Blew blew everybody out of the water. The was, whole the whole bar was going nuts. Everybody's going crazy. Then uh, Carl, I guess his name. I was I thought I was after you because that's the order we went. Yeah. And then Carl and some girl decided to do uh, "Summer Fucking Lovin'" by <laughs> yeah. from the Grease soundtrack and just totally sucked all the air out of the room and was like, "God ah, damn it!" Everybody was riding a crest off of Rob, and I wanted to surf on that, too. <laughs> then you had to build. build. Yeah. It's like I built an awesome Lego <laughs> Moss Eisley Space Cantina, yeah. and some bratty little turd kicked it over, and then you're like, ah, brick know. by brick by brick. You can't build the goodwill back up. <laughs> I did uh, Looks at Kill by Montley Crew because I figured it's a metal bar. Would you say it's uh, at least that? I, I mean, you got Metal Mondays. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's all Sheila. That's Sheila's baby. Sheila's awesome. Uh, but I, I wouldn't call the metal bar. It's kind of just a <laughs> bar, you know. Like it's it's weird because you never. There's not a lot of bars where just everyone can go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's true, and you have such a like a, you know, mm-hmm. like. Well, there's like and the, the divide the, between the two, the two, yeah, yeah. The two separate yeah. buildings. It's like, it's like East and West. Well, yeah, and and, and then it's I a mean, different. That's world. why they have that other building while they open yeah. that up because they're uh, when they they had the. Other location down by Cashmere open, mm-hmm. nobody was going to the new tap room, and yeah. the, and they realized that they had two different customer bases, so they got the uh, the city let them use the same liquor license, and they connected the patio, so it's considered one one look at, uh, yeah yeah like one which is structure. Awesome. Yeah, yeah it's, it's really like cool. East and West Berlin. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, <laughs> like, like on fr- sometimes on Fridays, me and Kyle will venture over into the. Uh, the pop br- collar side because the they're doing karaoke and we're like oh it's 2 30 we're drunk <laughs> enough to go over there and just wreck this shit and you go in there and it's just like aaron Hefflinger looking around like guys man fucking oh i'm on. so glad i do not work on that side at all i only <laughs> i only work on the bar side they they offered uh offered me shifts over there and i nope. kindly declined <laughs> uh no peg like i mean yeah i it's it's not worth the money like I'd, Do you know I would lose people? my sanity. Yeah, yeah, yeah I can imagine. I can't. I I make enough money. I don't need more. You know. I'm, there you go. I'm satisfied. Yeah. That's good. But yeah, that was that was quite the night. It was nice to see Amanda in rare. I'm just gonna go nuts form. <laughs> yes. And she was. Uh, yeah, she was just in that like just, the Amanda I remember from when you first met her. And she was like <laughs> quiet nine hours at a time, and then that one percent was like. Whoa. We're all gonna when she was tagging yeah. the side of Shellers in oh, front yeah. of uh, Magbar. We're yeah, all, we're all gonna get thing. fucked up. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh shit, Amanda means. But like before we came back to the house, she was like, "Do you have beers at your house?" I'm like, yeah, I do. She's like, "You better." <laughs> like, oh, shit. All right, yeah. Yeah. Amanda has spoken. Don't worry. If there aren't any left, mm-hmm. I'll make sure there are before you get there. Please don't hurt me. Yeah, she can. Uh, she can dial it in. Oh yeah, it was that's great sweet. though. It's good fun. It was indeed. And now it is Garfield's least favorite day. <laughs> Monday the 13th. Oh, it's very sad. It's the worst Moamanon's day. 
So I sang um, Looks a Kill by Motley Crue because it is the most headbangingest of Motley Crue songs. And, I don't uh, know Live Wire, man. Live Wire? If you're going to go Motley Crue and say headbanging. Yeah. I'm just Live Looks Wire. Looks a Kill is pretty consistent, It, it though. is good, though. Yeah, yeah. throughout. Just because it's like, boom, bam, 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 bam. I can do the whole song right now if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put it in a post. She's got the looks that kill. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Kyle blew me away, honestly, after uh, I did my song because he was up after me. He did uh, Dirty Deeds by Asa Dasa. <laughs> by Akdak? Yes, by Akdak. Akdak, yeah. But it, it blew me away, too, the first time I saw it. 14 times ago. <laughs> Yo, I'm sorry. I found a song I really like to do. Yeah, you're I pretty, li- you're I li- pretty good at that song. <laughs> I really like an excuse to speak in that voice and say really dumb things. I will never pass the opportunity up. Asking people if they like PBR, if they like to rock. It's you should use that. just walk up to someone and ask them, but if you can yell that to the people in the back. You should use that voice to talk about important things. Like, how about the economy? <laughs> I took a bath on stock. <laughs> See, I can't do it without... Out actually yelling, I don't have like a uh, yeah. lower decibel version of that. I thought you sounded like John Brandon of Laughing Hyenas uh, <laughs> fame, singing ACDC. It's like I'll, uh, I'll take that. Here we are having trouble with the high school. Help! <laughs> like, Dude, it's like super loud. <laughs> it was great. I thought that was awesome. Now I want to start a Laughing Hyenas cover band with you. <laughs> uh, and just play ACDC songs? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can we just do that? Super yeah. weird. But then the cell phones came out to the bar, and then they, mm-hmm. they kind of... For what felt like eight minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is a bummer. Hey, but Chris and Jordana hung out all night, because Chris is nine feet tall and weighs eight million pounds, because he's just a, <laughs> he's like Andre the Giant. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it took him 400 drinks to get anywhere near buzzed. Because <laughs> you could tell he wasn't that drunk, because mm. he didn't try to like pick me up, or, you know... He was real big, uh, when we went on tour with Police Teeth, was real big on like the... Oh, you don't want to be touched? I'm touching you. Like hugs and One of those guys. Yeah. try to sit on your lap, only he's like twice everyone's size. Yeah. Large man. Got the girth. Big tall dude. Him and I are budding giants. But <laughs> we got the man boobs. We got the beer belly. And you got the six foot five inch. And we got the six foot five inch. I think he is slightly taller than me. He's uh, definitely taller y- than yeah, me. Yeah, he's a little. I think he's like half a guitar pick taller than me. <laughs> so a mandolin pick. Yeah. <laughs> is there? Is there? I don't think there's a. Is that a thing? A difference between a mandolin pick and a guitar pick. I, th- I thought the mandolin picks were like really tiny and like really thick. Am I being? I mean, it's it's like a guitar pick, you know. You know your Are you talking about those banjo picks that go on the tip of your finger? No, yeah. no, 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 no. no but those wing dang diddly doodles. <laughs> we could do one of those as well. What are like the furry like felt oh, cardboard picks? Things. Cello picks. Those are just cello <laughs> picks. Yeah, right. I find I, them all I, over the stage at Haymarket when I run. Well, like for stand up bass and stuff. Can't oh you? no, there's no there's no picks for stand up bass. No, that's but just, can't you? I mean, it, those big felt ones. I thought were for like big concert stringed instruments. If you needed to do that, I mean, like shaka 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 thing on them. That's that's a level of you know music knowledge that I don't even I haven't even touched upon. <laughs> I, I, I mean, to be fair, I, I mean, could I just could, be totally I, making this up. I could speculate if you want me to, but <laughs> you hey, that's what I'm doing. Answer. That's what we're doing. <laughs> speculate. No. I've never. I've known honestly don't even know what you guys are really talking about. What's <laughs> <laughs> well, like a big giant pick and a little felty and cardboardy? Yeah, it's like huge. No firmness. Mm-hmm. Why would they be at Haymarket all the time? I don't know because maybe they they book a lot of like acoustic uh, stuff yeah. there, and it, they're just all over the place. Like all a lot the of those time. like opiate a string quartet tribute to Tool. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you remember when that was big, like in, in like two thousand one, where oh, it'd be yeah. like there were like ten of those symphonic just, metal. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, the string tributes, just string tributes to like Rage Against the Machine, <laughs> Tool, and you I'm, could get those at Sam Good. I'm waiting on my three. My 311 uh, string tribute. <laughs> oh, oh, the other day our podcast Facebook page had 311 likes, and I took a screen cap of it, and then I forgot oh, to post it. I was like, shit, deal. no no more likes. I just got an email today. Chad Sexton, you know, the drummer of 311, mm-hmm. his art has sold out. I joined uh, <laughs> I joined a, an email newsletter to get an, um, updates on his uh, really weird art that he makes with uh, drumsticks. Oh, God. Like the, Does it uh, look like the Blair Witch Project? Like his drumsticks or something have like motion capture little like cells on the oh. tips of them, and so he's drumming, mm. and then the the little like light streaks from that. I, is, I thought you are meant, his paintings. I thought you meant Nestle drumsticks. <laughs> I call this one down, down, <laughs> down, spackled with nuts. Well, let's get to a Bobby Cold drinks here. I do have to go to the bank after the uh, podcast is done. Uh, so yeah, let's do it. Let's go to the bank. Now, it's <laughs> time to sperm bank. Wondrous world oh. whales and spirits with Robert Cold Drinks. Okay, um, my gracious friend uh, GW in Oklahoma sent me this awesome long list of uh, shit we should try for Bobby Cold Drinks. This dude's like a f- fancified aficionado, complete with woolen vest and fancy mustache. <laughs> Mm. Uh, and Sam has a fancy mustache. This I is very say. true, but no wool invest. Yeah, I've been slacking on it lately. I'm like eating my mustache at this point. <laughs> I eat a sandwich. I pull yeah. my mustache. Yeah, you, you filter out some mayo. You um, must have a denim vest, though. Yeah, oh, of yeah, course, I have a denim yeah, vest. Why would I? Vest. <laughs> I feel like GW might twiddle his. But we've got uh, all this this great list. And uh, we went to the liquor store and they didn't have any of it. So, uh, <laughs> well, they had one that he recommended. It was like another one of those stupid, fancy Sam Adams like last week. Only this one was like a pumpkin one. And Kyle was like, uh, dude, you realize that we did a Sam Adams last week and a pumpkin two weeks ago. And I was like, fine, Kyle. I'll just get the first one I see with a weed joke on it. So I got some Abita Purple Haze. Yeah. And I'm going to need somebody to help me open this with a lighter or even perhaps your mind. Lots of studio. I'll trade you. Oh, here we go. It's all right. I know how to pull the trigger. Pop, pop. Oh, I missed. I'm still amazed that people don't understand how the lighter trick works. I've instructed so many people. Yeah. Well, there's people. I'll do it, and people, they're still amazed. Like Like you showed them a magic trick. Yeah, since I I was, you know, 17 years old, people have been in awe of opening (laughs) beers with lighters. You should show them how to open a wine bottle with a shoe and just watch their head pop off like a grape. I did that once. It's pretty cool. I did that, uh, you know, Andrew and Hope. Yeah, uh, at their wedding, I was like, "Oh, it's the greatest thing!" And uh, I ended up spilling wine all over this. Uh, <laughs> Sounds about right. Bridesmaids. It was... I don't know about this. How do you open up a wine bottle with a shoe? You put the, you the bottle, bottle of the wine bottle in the shoe. Mm-hmm. You bang it against the wall, and the cork just goes. No. Oh, okay. It's really weird. So this is a bur- interesting. Uh, this is a beat of purple haze. I don't know what it is. It says malt beverage with raspberries added. It's not even beer. Uh, and Sam had had it before, and when he saw the box of it, and he confirmed that it is a girl beer, and that when they had it on tap at the tap room, only girls ordered it. <laughs> so or people who identify as girls, it, yeah, it, tastes, it tastes like lavender. It tastes like something that you know. It smells like my girlfriend's bathroom. Uh, you know what? It also it smells like girls' bathroom mixed with sugar crisp. You know, uh, yeah. like with the golden bear. Can't get enough of that sugar crisp. Guess I forgot to put the fog lights in. <laughs> 
Uh, Fuck. Can someone open mine? Can someone do the, the lighter <laughs> trick? <laughs> he came all the way over here and then <laughs> I'm just going to bust it on the ground. See, I can't do the lighter trick without my cap just flying off, and I've accepted that. No, you got to... So you, you pull. You, I'm sure it's just an extra. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of like that, like the theatrical aspect of it, though. You know, it's like fuck this, bonk. Well, I've been known to do the the cap flick trick, where you put it between your fingers and just snap it out everywhere. And I've tried to teach about a million people how to do that, and I can't. Well, I can't even snap my fingers, so I'm not gonna try that. What year is it, Kyle? Does anybody know uh, how to gleek? Oh yeah, I can gleek real uh, good. I've, I can I've hit only, you from here. I've only ever gleeked on accident. Like, I know. So me too. I know I have the ability to do it, but I I don't know. I can't right. do it on command. You can't control your gleek. No, every so, time no. I gleek on accident, like Sam just said, like I'm like, oh shit, wait, how did I do that? <laughs> how, what? Someone tell me what the fuck a gleek is. Kyle, Kyle watch me. <laughs> you should have seen Kyle's face. <laughs> he just <laughs> did a huh? <laughs> 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 yeah. I it's don't think I don't think I've heard anybody say the word gleek since I was in middle school. Yes. Like, <laughs> I feel like I remember it every five years, and I'm like, hey, I can do that. Well, I do it all the time, but like I forget that it has a name. And the, the <laughs> name is funny. Let's drink this thing. Yeah. yeah give, give me my sound effect. I'm, I'm, I'm still just in awe. Oh. Mm. I'm going to weigh in for our, the missing Colonel Red Dog Sortman tonight who had a mom visit. He would hate this because every time it doesn't mm. taste like heaviest hatred in a beer, he does not like it. Yeah. It's a, it's sweet. It's a, it's a little oh. sweet. Uh-huh. This will be another thing I describe as a basement musty. Basement mm. musty. It's like, oh, why? Go, yeah. Why is that taste in there? Well, that's what I'm saying. It's the sugar crisp. Uh, yeah, it's stale sugar crisp that someone spilled in the basement. Can't, and I get really fucked up and eat. Can't get enough of that sugar crisp. Did, did you let the girls know when they would order it that it was not gluten-free? <laughs> uh, I don't really talk to them that much. <laughs> and why is that? <laughs> I mean... He's a busy man. Um, yeah, I got things to do. Yeah, I'm gonna go and say this is. Uh, I'm sorry, young lady. I'm great. carrying 15 <laughs> glasses right now. Well, I mean, now. it's not like it's not like <laughs> someone's like, "Hey, could I get this purple haze?" And I'm like, "You know, it's not gluten free. You look like you need to lay off the carbs a little bit." Like, <sighs> gluten isn't carbs. Do you guys deal with that at bars? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you, you, do you get that? Do you get the gluten free option ah, bullshit? I've never, I've never dealt with it. Like, I feel like the that people that actually have gluten allergies and they they know what they can yeah they can eat and what they can drink and and uh you know uh the people that ask are people that you know want to show off that they're not eating carbs of course or like yeah that. i i don't think i've ever had anyone uh well, ever um ever like specifically ask me what i have is gluten-free but uh i know the ciders we have are gluten-free yeah and, ciders uh, are isn't like whiskey like <laughs> It's like what's uh, I'm not sure on that. I don't think whiskey is. Tequila is. Um my dad has a gluten allergy and uh he drinks tequila mm. and he stopped drinking whiskey when when he cut out Icaramba. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean it's I mean it's made with wheat. It's got to be yeah. something. There's got to be some kind of residual gluten that's yeah. left in after the fil hey, filtration process. You know what that means, though. There's an untapped gluten-free whiskey market. Oh, oh man. Oh, man. That's our million-dollar idea. after drinking that gluten-free beer, to goof on you here, I'm not drinking any gluten-free whiskey. There's no way it's good. <laughs> that gluten-free beer was dog shit. We could take it to Shark Tank. <laughs> Sharks. Have Mark Cuban be like... Uh, I don't know. Uh, I really, really want to be on Shark Tank. Like, <laughs> do you have a really? Pitch? I love that show so much. Like, I, I, want, I don't have an idea. I don't really have anything to offer. I've thought about like, <laughs> like you know, you get those crazy ideas, and you're like, well, maybe I could. Do it. Like, mm -hmm. I've thought about 
like trying to take the band there. Like, look, these are my profits. It's a business. Uh, yeah. You know, you can own 10%. Uh, for you know, hundred thousand dollars, you know, like <laughs> fucking sell out, man. Yeah, whatever, dude. Yeah. That's buying in. Uh, buy, yeah. <laughs> because well, I mm-hmm. fart in the Dallas Mavericks locker room, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> no. That's my Mark Cuban impression. <laughs> you know, sadly, Good I had one. <laughs> one of those like million dollar stoner ideas that the next morning I thought was really dumb. It was in high school. Uh, for some reason, it dawned on me how great would it be if there was milk that just tasted like it had. You know, had a bowl of cereal sitting in it. Mm. You know how good that golden gram milk is. You know. Wait, I think I saw that on Shark Tank. Well, there's cereal I, milk. Yeah, yeah, it was like milk that already tasted like yeah, cereal. Yeah, well, there. I had that idea in like 2006, and now there's a guy in New York that has a Michelin star doing that. And yeah, should have mailed it to uh, yourself. I should. I think our friend Kelly like, Mattingly has been there. Uh, milk has, bar. Or yeah, it's something. Mm-hmm. It's maddening. I was like. Man, they'll give those Michelin stars to any asshole. Don't, huh? don't worry, man. Just keep just keep smoking weed. And yeah. <laughs> I feel like You'll that was my one something. chance. That was my one chance. You'll come up with all kinds of great ideas you can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> no, I remember that one vividly. That one. Yeah. How many have you forgotten? Um, so the rest many. of them. The re- Yeah. <laughs> all of the rest of them. Speaking of weed, because this is named Purple Haze, I wish it tasted like weed. Right? Uh-huh. Do you like? Would you enjoy a beer that tasted like weed? Uh, as long as it had the properties of weed as well. Yeah. well Probably they're, they're, not. I'm, you know, you get a like St. Paulie's girl. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it smells yeah. like it smells kind of it's like similar to weed. You know, it's like not... like a Stella as well. Yeah, yeah, has yeah. That skunky. <laughs> I got a chronic candy after I saw uh, what was that band Mars Volta in California <laughs> at a big festival. They were giving out free samples of chronic candy. Go on. It tasted like effing shit. <laughs> did you did, did it, did it, it you have take weed? like? Or was it just supposed to taste the, like weed? The first lick was like the surprise, like, oh, yeah, weed candy, huh? Yeah, you get it? Second lick was like, okay. Okay, weed doesn't taste good. Yeah, and then third lick was like, okay, now we're throwing these out the window of the car, and we did. <laughs> now, was there weed in them, or were they just supposed to taste like they weed? They just taste exactly like how weed smells. Like, That's yeah. so the, Why gross. would you want to... The like, O'Doul's of candy. <laughs> really? Why? Yeah. yeah. Oh, dweeds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. I forgot. Oh, dweeds. Oh, dweeds. Did I tell you about the time that I was at a, uh, a magic tournament and I accidentally ate like a home plate sized weed brownie? <laughs> <laughs> because none of these people told me, like, the manager of the store, we were just like downstairs drafting or whatever, and me and a bunch of the regular Indiana magic dorks. And it was a Friday night magic where we would always, between rounds, we'd dip over to the bar across the street and then dip mm-hmm. back, you know, just getting lit. And uh, the manager just discreetly comes down and hands my friend Scott like this humongous tray of brownies. She's like, "Oh, here you go." And he was like, "Oh, thanks." You and then he just wink. No, he just leaves. Him, no, he just leaves <laughs> him sitting out there. And it's like they've got like the caramel drizzle on top. I'm like, "That's a good fucking looking brownie." And they're just eating the brownies and they're just sitting out. But there are children at this thing, by the way, uh-huh. like 14 year olds who are there to play magic. And these brownies are just sitting out. So I'm like, "Okay, first of all, how dare they not?" If I was 14 and I ate a weed brownie, it would have just been a great night. I wasn't. I was 28, and, <laughs> and, and not a weed smoker at all. And like, so I just see them enjoying what looks like a delicious fucking brownie, and I'm like, well, screw these guys, not offering me any. And while no one was looking, I hack off a hunk the size of my fist. Wait, did you realize it was a weed brownie before you ate it? Or oh no, no, oh no, no that's no. where the story's going. Okay, I just cut it off. I'm like, oh yeah, br- I just thought brownie because I've never seen a weed brownie that was like they also did the caramel drizzle, like it was wow. a nice thing. Yeah. It was like a Duncan Hines, and I. <laughs> So I'm about halfway through this meteorite, and uh, all of a sudden, I see Scott look over his shoulder at me. He's like, wait, Rob, what are you eating? 
I'm having some of the brownie. Thanks for offering you, dick. And he was like, um, are you going to be okay? I was like, why wouldn't I be okay? Oh, shit. Are you- what? <laughs> <laughs> because let me tell you something. That manager did a great job of hiding that weed flavor. I was like, well, this just tastes like a delicious brownie. He's like, uh-oh. And I was like, well, fuck it. And I just ate the rest of it. And then we kept drinking. And I woke up at like 6 p.m. Did your stomach start turning? No, not really. Like, I felt okay. I just felt kind of crazy. And then uh, we, like, my buddy's fiance just dumped him. So I took like, took him out <laughs> on the town. And we ended up, like, back at our friend Katie's house. And it was, like, 5 in the morning. And uh, he disappeared. And my girlfriend at the time would not let me look for him in any of the bedrooms. Like, you will not go in and disturb those people. I was like, um, they're going to be really disturbed when they find a dude in their room. And she was like, we're leaving. And then the next morning, I found out that he had walked into this girl's roommate's room and passed out in between her desk and bed, like wedged into the wall. And then she just found him there at like 8 in the morning and was like, who the fuck are you? And he's like, I don't know anymore. He's like, get out. And he's like, all right, later. <laughs> it was it was a fun and weird sad night. I used to make the uh, weed cookies in L.A. Made a lot of them. All right, well, uh, we'll take a break here. <laughs> we got to play you out here. Yeah, of course. Yeah, baby. It was cold drinks with Robert Cold Drinks on none of the above. Cheers. All right, we're going to take a little musical break that's going to kick off with uh, Shannon Wright. <clears throat> and then we'll hear uh, Trophy Wife and Absolutely Not and the cell phones, all of which we saw this uh, last weekend. Cell phones. Before we got fucked up at Tap Room. Woo. And, uh, I woke up at 4 p.m. the next day. Yeah. But that drink well works. Yeah. Oh, no, that shit is the best. Took the drink well. Felt great at 4 p.m. when I finally woke up. <laughs> I need to try that because we felt like crap. <laughs> and we didn't move off the couch and just let Lexi watch movies for 12 hours. <laughs> I have got a lot of it if you want to try it. Sure, man. We'll have to uh, go get some of that during the break here. So here is Shannon Wright with uh, Noise Parade. This is the brutal Shannon Wright, the ones that we uh, like the most. It's on none of the above. Yeah, 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 yeah.
gonna run.
That was the cell phones with homoerotic. Yay. That was a whole block of uh, Louisville Outskirts uh, bands that we just saw on the weekend. That's a, the uh, cell phones, homoerotic. Before that was absolutely not from Chicago. We saw they played uh, Haymarket with us. Good yes. tone, correct? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, I went to that show. Absolutely not. And uh, that song's called Stalker 2. And then Trophy Wife. Not to be confused. The female duo from Philadelphia. That Which is the city of brotherly love, ironically. Mm, but there's some sisterly love happening on there. Yeah, yeah. Have you guys uh, seen the other Trophy Wives? Oh, yes. Uh, the, the Teeny Bopper. Oh, yeah, yeah. Band. There's the we, Teeny Bopper uh, one. There's the oh, L.A. Man. The Trophy Wives, yeah. which I still need to play because it is hilarious. <laughs> um, yeah, there's so many Trophy Wives. Uh, but that was Trophy Wife with Family Tree. Started off the set. Shannon Wright, Noise Parade, off of her most recent album, In Film Sound. This is None of the Above podcast. Episode number 13. 13, 13. On Monday the 13th. On Monday the 13th. Whoa. Garfield. So, so meta. Yeah. Um, but now we're going to talk to our guest, Mr. Sam, St. Sam. Yep. Of the band's uh, Call Me Bronco. That's it. That's the... Uh, only band you got going now besides solo stuff? I need yeah, solo. I mean, mm-hmm. when I play solo, I just play Call Me Bronco songs and Bosco okay. songs. and mm-hmm. uh, But I've, I've tried to start a band with Billy Bissig, but we're still kind of in the works on that. Mm-hmm. It's a great name. It's one of those bands where it's, it, it has to happen. I can't, you know, not use this band name. And, and the uh, band name is? Big Heavy. Big Heavy. <laughs> Kyle's been sitting on bitch cancer widow for about three years. Listen, I I really really want to start. There's so many terrible band names. Yeah, oh, great bands, terrible band names, mm-hmm. uh, and it's like a thing now. You're like, mm-hmm. well, it's just bad band name, and we'll have this amazing fucking music. But I I don't want to even say. Yeah, no, I, I, I was in this band. I remember. There's uh, this yeah. band played Metal Monday about a month ago called Tiger Flower. Oh. <laughs> We played with them in uh, New York. They're so good. Mm-hmm. Like hardcore? Yeah. I mean, they, yeah. it reminded me of going to a show, like going to see Lords of Breathe Resist, like mm-hmm. when I was in high school. Like yeah. it was, it was, it had that energy and it was, it just brought me right back to it. And it was, they were phenomenal. They stayed at my house. They left me uh, a poster and a record. And their uh, guitarist had this camera that was made in like 1928 and was taking pictures around the apartment with it and stuff. And, mm, yeah. yeah. Uh, like the film was huge, you know. Had to, yeah. <laughs> Everyone stand still for three minutes. Yeah, yeah. No, it was like I like, <laughs> like he had because he had to open and close the shutter, and you know. Tiger Flowers is a band that whose singer looks like he was an extra in Three Hundred, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. No, yeah. Jesus. he was ripped. He's yeah. ripped. Has a giant like beard that looks like Velcro. I forced <clears throat> him to drink. Uh, someone had left uh, some Cinnabon, like the. Like registered Cinnabon uh-huh. vodka at my house. <laughs> registered like Cinnabon it was like it was vodka. it, it was legitimate. Just, I'm not just saying Cinnabon like oh it's you know no, no it's like the company like officially branded Cinnabon, branded Cinnabon oh vodka. Mm. And I was I forced him. I would think I woke him up. He was trying to sleep. I have uh, <laughs> my apartment is set up basically like a hostel. Uh, uh-huh. I've got bunk beds in my living room. I've got like five couches, and cause I have so many bands coming through that uh, well, that's I just kind of. Our basement yeah. is similar. There's a lot yeah. of sleeping space, mm-hmm. and uh, but I, I'm pretty sure I woke him up and forced him to drink the rest of it. <laughs> <laughs> Just, real quick, I'm more uh, of a fan of a Dunkin' Donut uh, <laughs> Scotch myself. <laughs> the crispy cream rum. 
Now, are you, you from Louisville? You born uh, here? I, I moved here when I was 15. I was going to say, I met you when you were living in Bloomington yeah, for a well, while. I, uh, so I'm confused by your timeline. <laughs> explain. I, I moved here when I was 15, uh, moved to Alaska when I was 21, lived there for four years, and then moved to Bloomington in like 2010, mm-hmm. I think, and lived there for six months, and then moved back here. How's the Alaskan scene? Oh, man. Alaska... And why? There, well, I had to get as far away from Kentucky as I possibly could, and that was that's pretty that was, far. That was as far as I could go without having to get a passport. So. Without going to Russia, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Uh, could you see Russia from your house? <laughs> yeah, you could. Not really. Um, you, can, you can see Russia from Alaska, uh, but there's no like. You have to be on the coast, and yeah. nobody lives there. Yeah. Um, I was. I was. I lived in Alaska for Sarah Palin's entire gubernatorial stint. Hey now, Ooh. so uh, <laughs> so she was like the boss of you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, honestly, like she wasn't that bad of a governor. She really. probably in Alaska. How much oh, can you did fuck you, Alaska? Did she? Get Dude, like- I love Alaska. Is is my second favorite state next to Kentucky. I love Kentucky. If it wasn't so cold, the way the the government set up there, it, you know, it was set up, you know. It, in recent in the past 50 years and so mm-hmm. they kind of understood how a state government should be set up in these times as opposed to you know dealing with all these archaic years. laws yeah. and stuff uh, like how i had to get uh, ordained to marry uh, amanda and elliot because the state said so oh. eh. my certificate finally came five months after i ordered it <laughs> uh, in alaska do they actually like pay you uh yeah. government stipends okay. for like so there are or... no there are no state taxes Sweet. Um, all of the taxes are paid by the oil companies. Okay. Um, the oil companies also the the idea was when they started to let them drill, uh, they have to turn a non renewable resource into a renewable resource. So they set up what's called the permanent fund, and they have to put a percentage of uh, oil uh, or, or their earnings into this fund. Uh, the the base can never be touched, so they only pay out uh the interest see and so you basically you you live there for a year and in october you get a check anywhere from a grand to uh two grand but when sarah palin was the governor they had such an excess in the state budget that she paid out an extra uh thirteen hundred dollars to all the alaskan citizens and uh so i got thirty two hundred dollars Damn, in, Jesus! Uh, in October, I would immediately blown that on. Oh, gear. dude, everybody does. Oh, yeah. Well, and the other thing is, you can collect for up to six members of your family. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you've got say you have four kids. You know, husband and wife. That's mm. almost twelve hundred dollars. You know, or twelve yeah. thousand. That's pretty tight. Is yeah. there a guitar center in Alaska? <laughs> <laughs> that Mike L EP. A music go around uh, Alaska. Lots uh, of trainers. Alaska actually has a very a very good folk scene up there, mm-hmm. uh, but it's really hard to get uh, out and get around. But there, uh, as far as if you can get there, if you can get like the uh, the college has a lot of programs where they'll fly, they'll play for plane tickets for musicians up there. I know Murder by Death. Uh, Went mm-hmm. up there. Uh, they had the mm-hmm. uh, UAA paid for their plane tickets, and they toured around. And you make a lot of money there. If you're a band from the lower 48, and you you can get up there and play, mm. they they pay very very well. Interesting. Um, so there's a whole ter- tour circuit. There yeah, in yeah. The there's cities? a tour circuit, but it's they don't. They might book one opening act for you. 
And so you have to play, and it doesn't matter what you play, it doesn't matter what you do, people will, will watch you and people will be there, but you have to play for like three hours. No. Uh, no deal. Yeah. Well, I mean. You can play for they're, 20 minutes they're, they're paying 10 you, times. They're paying you $700 a night, and they're oh. paying all your food. And I don't have around. three hours worth of songs. But we could you go have, you have three, funk three for, hours versus jam for seven hundred dollars. Oh yeah, well I mean, club. <laughs> and usually they want you for two nights, like the same club oh, will book you uh, Friday booking. and Saturday. They got places for you to stay. It's it's really that sounds tight. They so, really treat musicians real well. Where where were sounds you like in Europe? Alaska? Um, I lived on Kodiak Island for a year, and then I lived. Uh, I went to school in Seward, and then I ended up living in Anchorage. I, I used to work for uh, Caterpillar. I was a Caterpillar. I was a diesel mechanic. Damn. Uh, tire system sound. I've heard of one of those places. <laughs> Which one? Anchorage. Oh, I've heard of other two. Are, oh, Seward. I've right. heard of two. Mm-hmm. Right, Seward. That wow, that's cool. Yeah. A place in Alaska. Then you came back to Kentucky. Yeah. I came back. Well, I so came back to, to Bloomington. Bloomington. Or Bloomington. You're like, I didn't realize you were only there for like six months. Yeah, I was, well, I moved back briefly for like two months and didn't. Like, me and Bloomington re- really didn't get along. I love Bloomington. I, I lived in Columbus, Indiana uh, for like half of my life before I moved to Louisville I was living in Columbus mm-hmm. and so it kind of felt like I had a lot of friends there already you know but it was new I'd never lived there and I did I did not get along with Bloomington people mm-hmm. very well I remember uh like just stupid arguments that didn't matter <laughs> and people trying to Sounds change the world right. you know oh wow yeah <laughs> I had a girl uh the best way to get out of a relationship in Bloomington is uh Tell the girl you're with you're a Republican, and they will get like get rid of you. I found a lot of other good uh, ways. Well, that, was a good way. that was a good way to not have to do any work. Oh yeah. Oh well, I mean, did you say? Yeah. Did you mean you found another good ways or just ways? Because that's a good way. I I, I, I told the girl I was a Republican, and she literally kicked me out of her house. <laughs> I'm not a Republican, but I told her that, and she kicked me out of her house. She sounds <laughs> shitty. Oh yeah. Hey, uh, baby. I'm a Republican. <laughs> burst out of the How did window. You, how'd you have that one queued up? Like, <laughs> but when you're looking for something, it's like uh, 20 minutes later. Uh, it's, uh, it comes in waves. I'm, I haven't smoked today. So <laughs> yeah, that'll, <do. laughs> that'll help. Helps me speed up. So, okay. Well, and then uh, brought you back to yeah, Louisville. I moved back down here and uh, started touring with Bosco. And mm-hmm. uh, those were... Those were interesting tours. I never, we never had a van, mm. and uh, so I'd book the tours for two bands, and then just hope somebody wanted to go on tour too. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be us and um, yeah. someone. Don't worry about that right now. It usually, it it, it always worked out. I never had to cancel a tour. Uh, I'd always find someone that had a van that wanted to go somewhere, and we used Not to good. we used to go to Oklahoma and Lawrence, Kansas, and uh, St. Louis. That was pretty much every time we went on tour. That's where we went. Great like, towns, <clears throat> except St. Louis. But uh, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> we played great shows in all those cities, and also shows in St. Louis. <laughs> <laughs> no. I had one of my favorite shows I've ever played in St. Louis. It was. Uh, it must not have been at Lemp. No, it was. Uh, it was a house show with uh, the Hooten Hollers. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh huh. And uh, it was a really. They fed us. They 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 had house shows. Yeah. It was. Uh, it I- was definitely uh, in a very shady part of town, and. Uh, you know, so it was in St. Louis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think it was. I guess I played one sh- cool show in the St. Louis area, but it was over in like Collinsville in Illinois, and it was like 
these people had this recording studio with a venue space in it. And it was just a bunch of like high school kids, but they were going fucking ape duty, mm-hmm. which is fun. And we made a good amount of money on that one. I, I'm still, I don't know how to play to people that can't get into bars. And those are the people that we should be trying to play to. But I have no business speaking or talking to any of them. You, know? you don't have your finger on the pulse of the youth. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. why? I I don't I don't have anything in common with them. You know, I don't. Why would I talk to you? You can't go to a bar and you know. They're all got their... unless you know there's a relative or you know. Well, I talked to them about magic and how grammar works. Yeah, well, you you work with them too. This is true. It doesn't mean I like them. Uh, I didn't say I like them either. I just want to, <laughs> I want to sell them T-shirts and have them come out to my shows. <clears throat> that is very true. And I have, of course, sold some records and T-shirts to students. Every once in a while, we will we'll book a show. Uh, you know, just do like a cold call and find a uh, a venue in a town we've never been to. And I've booked a couple accidental all ages shows. And uh, and your songs of drinking, etc., don't don't resonate with the youth. I they 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 liked it. Yeah. yeah. See that, like I love playing all ages shows so much because we always like that's that's when everyone's still excited about it. Like we're yeah, we're all jaded and we we go out to shows all the time and you know even if we're we are excited about a band we don't show it. Well, you have a lot of energy. I think you have a you're a very energetic uh, performer. I would say so. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm I'm talking more of the other end of things like watching bands and stuff. Mm. Um, yeah. I mean, because it all get hurt. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> is is my main concern. I don't know. It just takes the right show anymore to get me, you know, shirtless. <laughs> or, or Sundays at Tap Room. <laughs> Have you guys been up there for shirtless Sundays? Is, is that actually a thing? Yeah, that's a thing. Yeah, Aaron, oh, Aaron Heffelfinger is the one that uh that started that, and it, it's kind of dying off. But if he's there, everyone's shirtless. <laughs> and Tammy, have you guys have you met Tammy? And this is a uh, the so. other bartender I work with. She is awesome. Mm. She, uh, me and her work every Sundays. Uh, I open the bar and then she comes in and closes the bar. But mm. she, like, she's got so many awesome stories. Like, she went to, she's got a story. If I'm not gonna tell it because it's her story, but she has a story about being in Nikki Six's hotel room <laughs> in the eighties. Hey, well, in the eighties, yeah. Uh, that, I bet that went well. Mm. Well, we'll have to get her in. Yeah. Or oh, next time you come in. Yeah, just come, <laughs> she's only there on Sundays. Just come in on a... Okay. Yeah. Talk to her on a Sunday. She's she, awesome. Might she have had, to do a remote. She got uh, looks <laughs> that kill. Does she, have, does she have looks that kill? Uh, maybe. <laughs> is she razor sharp? <laughs> <laughs> if you don't watch her back, you might get cut. <laughs> uh, I think that's the lyrics. I don't re- really remember much of that. She, uh, does she know how to kickstart a heart? <laughs> is she a girl, girl, girl? All right, yeah, we're, yeah. we're done. We're done. <laughs> we're done. On. I was dancing around that one. I didn't want to be the one that said it. I'm glad you did. <laughs> was she a girl, girl? I think that was the best one. <laughs> if we're talking about these shitty Molly Grew jokes, <laughs> yeah, it definitely, definitely was the shittiest, therefore best. <laughs> When did you start oh, playing guitar? Uh, I actually didn't start playing guitar till I was about uh, eighteen, I think. Mm, okay. I used to play bass, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, I started because you know I thought it was easier, you know. Which it is. You, it is, but not, <laughs> yeah. but not in the long. Like if you actually learn how to play the instrument, it's just as playing it is uh, the easy part. Well, I mean, if you like feeling, if finding the groove yeah, yeah. and you know getting into it is uh, yeah. What you need to learn. Yeah, I started playing bass. I was my, I was in my first band with uh, Brandon Thompson. Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, he was the uh, drummer for Ion. 
Right. And uh, we've had Shane in here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he. Uh, and so he just we we went to high school together, and he's like, "You want to start a band?" And uh, uh, I just moved to town, and so we ended up uh, starting this band called The Wounded. Cool, and, uh, cool name. Yeah. <laughs> that is a cool name. And he, uh, he, uh, like, it became very apparent at that time the 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 gap between our musical skills because he is a very like proficient musician, and at the time I could play Ramon songs on the bass. And, uh, <laughs> hey, that takes skill uh, to not have the back of the no. bass chafe your uh, exposed midriff from your super <laughs> short shirt. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, is Ramon's jokes landed? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then I, uh, I was in a band called Fifty Caliber with Sheila mm. and uh, Wingnut. I don't know if you guys know who Wingnut is. Brian, Brian Lynch. Yo, yes. Yeah, yeah, yes. Uh, I worked with him at Baxter Station okay. for five yeah, years. Yeah. Uh huh. He used to be my partner in crime when I was seventeen, eighteen years old. Oh yeah. And uh, so he's a very punk rock. Yeah, yeah. He, he used to be way more than he is now. Now he's just kind of bitter and. Old, so, so like all old punks, <laughs> so bitter. That's it. Uh, <laughs> that seems like uh, you know old punk protocol where it's like I was super into it and now fuck everything. Yeah. I like the Clash. Uh, you do? But yeah, he uh, he was supposed to play guitar and I was supposed to sing for this band, and it ended up I was a better guitarist, so we just switched. And mm-hmm. I've been playing guitar in bands ever since then. Uh, and now it's funny because I don't I own one electric guitar. Which is? Uh, it is a uh, Max Tone Les Paul, basically. Uh-huh, okay. It was the first guitar my mom bought me when I was 18 for Christmas. Mm-hmm. And uh, I uh, I have like six acoustic guitars. I see. <laughs> and if you would have told me when I was 18, 19 years old that I would be prom- like only playing acoustic guitars when I was 30, that I would have told you you were crazy because <laughs> I didn't even know how to play an acoustic guitar then. <laughs> mm. Well, yeah, I got rid of my only acoustic guitar many, many years ago. <laughs> I was like, man, I, I don't need this. Never played it. Yeah, I had a uh, Fender acoustic, acoustic electric. Had it for like a month, and then the nut snapped. I'm like It bust. Okay, what do I do now? And then I try to find another nut. Is way too high. Try to like shave it down. And those things are hard no. as shit. It is really tough to <laughs> shave a nut. <laughs> Ow. Once you bust one nut, it's pretty tough to shave the other. Uh, you be- <laughs> you. There are guys that will shave your nuts for you. <laughs> Did you try waxing it down? No. Okay. I just tried to grind it on sandpaper, and it didn't even... I grind it <clears throat> for what seemed like hours, and it didn't budge a, a millimeter. <laughs> and so I'm like, all right, I'm just going to sell this for parts. Fuck. What do I do now? What, what, kind, was of, in- what kind of pickup did it have on the piezo, like Fishman? Yeah, it had a it had a fisherman I mean, thing. That's, that's a hundred bucks right there. Yeah, exactly. My uh, my the my show guitar, the guitar I play at shows, is uh, pretty much worthless. Uh, it's got a huge crack in it. I'm very abusive to it. I don't I don't treat it very well. Mm. And uh, that's why it, it's the uh, show guitar, not the studio yeah, guitar. Yeah. And I took it in. I was we were in Lawrence, Kansas, and I was going to try to trade it in. For, I had like a hundred bucks. I was like, maybe I can trade this guitar and. And uh, and get like a two hundred dollar guitar or something. <laughs> and uh, they they were just like, this is no good. No oh, bummer. And I I break strings every show. I will break a string every you show. You do. Didn't you break a show when you when Colin Bronco played with Wax Eater at Nelligan Hall? I'm sure I did. Yeah, yeah. 
I've gotten better. I've I've gotten really really quick at changing strings. I can change a string in under a minute now. You don't you don't bring a backup on an acoustic. I have a backup. Yeah, on an acoustic, it's it's it, it's, it's slightly like, tricky. Like it's like I could do it with my eyes closed. I have to change strings all the time. Mm. Uh, I do bring a backup, but my backup guitar is just it, it is not. I don't like using it. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, I do hate the mid song string break. It's it's no. less like the inconvenience of having to change it or switch guitars after, and more like the well, how the fuck am I going to figure out how to play the rest of this song without a G string? Well, that's what I like about having Bobby and two guitarists. Like, I just lately, if I break a string, I just take my guitar off and sing the song. Yeah, yeah. no, don't have that luxury. <laughs> just like, all right, guys, I really hope you like the sweet, sweet sounds of five string, whatever this song was. Hopefully, it's not <laughs> one of the ones where like ninety percent of it's on the A. <laughs> yeah, exactly. like I have, I have friends that won't let me touch their guitars because I'm so notorious for breaking strings. We're rough with them. I, I mean, when Do I'm playing at a show, when I'm playing at a show, but if I'm you know yeah. sitting around a house, I'm not like you know beating the fuck out of the guitar to impress my friends on the couch. I would <laughs> maybe suggest stop using a quarter as a pick. Well, it's that brass sound. Do you really use a quarter? No. We had we had a pick we had a pick discussion at the unfair. You guys know I use the same picks as Billy Bissig. You guys the gray Jim Dunlops. Wait, what size? The seventy threes? I don't know what Billy or the eighty twos. I I like the eighty twos. Is that the bumples? Oh yeah. I love the bumples, man. Bumples are good. (laughs) Yeah, but I like the seventy threes. I don't know. It's a little it's a lighter touch for me because I'm uh, my hand was man. My hands aren't as strong. My picks have to have a turtle on them. The Tortex? <laughs> yes. The green Tortex is great for the bass. I love for that. The for the bass, and the orange ones are good for guitar, in my humble opinion. But it doesn't have the bumples. It doesn't. But they, they do make the ones that have the little star punched out. I like those. Yeah. Do you Now, do you hold the pick? Any? This is Well, except Kyle, who doesn't play a lot of guitar, if any. Do you hold your pick different when you play bass than when you play guitar? Because I hold it like gripped in between like i definitely hold it yeah, different i hold it it's different. A- i hold my picks different when i'm playing electric and playing acoustic really yeah interesting because my pick it's it's really i'm having a hard time describing it for the radio audience the way like it's more like if you take your your middle finger your your uh pointer and your thumb all together like that and like you a beat thing. thing yeah that's how i hold my pick for guitar but then i do the more like you know got your nose thing for uh for bass, because I can get like a harder hit like that, where I want to soft touch. Where, on that's, the... Maybe that's why I'm breaking strings, because that's I I I hold my pick like in the middle of my. Thumb. Oh yeah, going for that hard. Yeah, see, um, that's how I do it for bass, and I feel like you get like a stronger thing because you gotta you gotta hit harder on the bass strings. But if I were to do that on the like, I feel like I don't have as much control on a six string guitar like that. I hold bass picks, just like you did, like you mentioned. <clears throat> the thumb, the pointer, and the middle finger. Yeah. Or as Luxie would say, the triumvirate. The daddy, the mommy, and the brother finger. Why is the daddy the little one? No, the daddy's a thumb. Yeah, but that's like the littlest finger. The mommy and brother. What uh, are the other two? Uh, sister and baby. We'll get into uh, ch- <laughs> children's videos a little later on in the show. Okay. But uh, yeah, you hold it like that. But I, I squeeze the middle and the, and the thumb together, and the finger, the pointer finger, is just for like stability. Uh, it's like a rudder. Yeah, it's a rudder. Mm-hmm. For both guitar and bass? Mm-hmm. Uh, the same I hold it like name? that for bass, and then just thumb and middle finger for guitar. Oh, man, that would, man, I couldn't do that. It's mm-hmm. freaking me out. Like, just trying, it's freaking me out, man. I don't know. Pick Talk with the <laughs> fellas on Pick <laughs> FM. 
<laughs> uh, WPIC. The finer points. I just slapped the bass. Now, do you run DI? I do DI. Thank I'm, fucking uh, God. I, I'm a sound Not a guy. fan of the acoustic amp? No, I, I, I'm not a fan of miking acoustics. Uh, oh, no, fuck that. That is the worst it is. thing in the <sighs> world is to mic an acoustic. The only, the only time I've ever used a mic on an instrument is uh, with a banjo. Mm-hmm. And I would take the mic and wrap it in a bar towel and put it in the resonator behind <laughs> uh, yeah. the banjo. And and so because you, you can't get a, a consistent sound, it's just the worst. Yeah, you know. a lot of feedbacking, uh, yeah. horrible. It's shit. almost like they designed those things before amps existed, mm-hmm. and they weren't <laughs> meant to interact. <laughs> it's weird. It's like they it's like they have an acoustic amp of sorts built into the. Amp. Yeah. Do you have an acoustic amp? Oh, I, I don't. I, I have a. Uh, you don't have a blonde. Uh, no. Strawberry blonde SWR or something. I have a the only the only <laughs> amp I amp. have is I have a, uh, yeah. a Marshall half stack and Bobby uses that. I don't even get to uh, use my own gear, so yeah. Uh, and I bought that. I I was, honestly I don't even need it. I bought it for uh, the band I was trying to start with Rob Ross a couple years ago. So ugly. And oh uh, uh, yeah, I'm not so. Ugly. And I bought that specifically for it, and then the band like just kind of fizzled out and. Into the nothings. Right back in the ether for somebody else to pull out. Wait, one of these flyers on the wall was supposed to have So Ugly, but then it was a Magbar show. uh, I can't see it. I remember booking it, and Rob pulled out at the last minute and jizzed on my back. We had, (laughs) we had, uh, (laughs) we we recorded a like a five song demo with Mike Nataro up in Bloomington, and, Uh uh, we had Brandon Thompson playing drums as a. And he he made it blatantly clear that he was just doing it as a favor. He didn't want to be in the band. Uh, and, and <laughs> That's he nice would, of him. And he would play two shows with us, and then we had to find a new drummer. So uh, after our second show with Brandon, we uh, could not could not find a drummer. So drummers are hard yeah. to find, and have them play what you want them to play. Mm-hmm. It's tricky. <laughs> Speaking from experience, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Skin tone. Um, <laughs> oh, I was going to be subtle, but <laughs> no, I don't. Uh, well, yeah. Should we play some uh, Calling Bronco and see what this uh, magic is all about? Yeah, yeah. I think so. This is a good spot. And to why do. should I not give Bobby Bronco acid? Um, Bobby. The uh, other guitarist. So we, we, play, we play this festival in Cookville, Tennessee called uh, the Muddy Roots Music Festival. Mm-hmm. Um, they have been the, just amazing to us. They keep on giving us better time slots every year. And. Uh, we keep on getting more and more uh, show offers after Muddy Roots. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the first year we played there, Bobby was blackout drunk and someone gave him a shitload of acid. He tripped for four days. Right. Yep, that's <laughs> and, a shitload. And uh, terrorized the... I spent the entire... We got there Friday. He got dosed Friday night. I spent... We played at 11 a.m. Sunday. Uh I spent all day Saturday apologizing to each individual <laughs> campsite for because one of my one of my friends uh, came up to me who I'd say he was an acquaintance at the time and he comes up to me he's like are you you with the guy that has the curse of knuckle tattoos I was like oh god what the fuck did Bobby do because I couldn't find him when we woke up in the morning I hadn't seen him uh, I went to bed and he kept drinking and 
I just couldn't find him. Mm -hmm. He's like, he's got to go, man. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought, I thought he was getting kicked out of the festival and I was going to strangle him myself. Uh, (laughs) That would suck. And, uh, but no, he was just like, no, he's walking around the camp, uh, uh, the campgrounds and scaring the fuck out of people and just talking crazy. And, uh, he had a Bobby carries a huge knife. And so they took the knife from him and, uh, good. Yeah. Yeah. And then we spent the whole weekend babysitting Bobby, basically. Well, that sounds like a lot of fun. Well, yeah. The more you know, don't give Bobby Bronco. Don't give Bobby Bronco acid. acid. And we sold. You know, I'm not one to uh, to be above uh, having financial gain over my friend's uh, follies. <laughs> so when we made those T-shirts, we I mean we sold we sold all fifty of them. Sweet. <laughs> That's a shame. There's not any more left. Definitely. Yeah. I might I might be able to come up with one or two. I have a uh, I sweat profusely when I'm on stage, mm-hmm. and uh, my girlfriend was commenting on how many Call Me Bronco shirts I have in my laundry. <laughs> She's like, "It's the same shirt, Sam. You have like five of your own shirts." Because uh, like when we get off stage, and if I didn't bring a backup shirt, I just put one of a <laughs> yeah, one of our sure. shirts on. And uh, I think I've got a couple. Don't give Bobby Bronco acid shirts that are mine. Sweet. But, that's a selling point uh, worn that, by Samuel St. Samuel. Yeah, I don't know if that's a selling point. That's a <laughs> that's a giving away point. It's like the opposite <laughs> of the of the wax eater merch tub where there's just a bunch of sweaty Aaron shirts. Where he sweats real bad. He brings backups all the time and then he'll throw the sweaty one in our merch tub and I'll find it like six months later, just in a crusted salt ball. Yeah, it turned like, into a potato like, chip. Oh yeah. <laughs> I ate one once. Are you hearing this little hand? Flavored. <laughs> Look, it's not your filthy sock on the floor <laughs> of, of my home, all right? <laughs> I know. It's just tossed in the merch tub where it lives in a basement or a van or both. Or right now in the practice space with cigarette butts on top of it and stuff. There you go. <laughs> Fucking, you hear me, neighbor? Stop putting shit on my merch tub. <laughs> well, let's listen to Call Me Bronco. What's the uh, first song on the CD? Uh, that first song, I think it's Burn the Witch. Okay. Is the first song on there. Mm-hmm. I... I there's like eight songs on there. I don't know how many on there. Cool. We'll hear that uh, uh, right now. This is uh, None of the Above, and this is uh, Call Me Bronco. Call Me Bronco.
tastes like bourbon and the bullet from a gun that's why I don't forget to drink as I drink to forget as I make my way the bottles and pain lipstick and curls paint and stain one shot for courage one shot for speed well the first bullet's hers second one's for me I one shot for courage one shot for speed the first one's hers and the second one's for me one shot for courage one shot for speed the first one's hers and the second one's for me Yeah, that was Call Me Bronco featuring our guest, Samuel St. Samuel, on guitar and Vox. And that song was called Four Shots. Before that, we heard If I'd Done Right and started off the set with Kentucky Girl. And that is uh, off the album uh, Depressing Songs for the Depressed, yes? Huh? Yep. The cool picture of uh, Bill Murray with a giant mustache. Uh, our, uh, our namesake and uh, patron of sorts. There you go. Where can people find that? CMMFB.bandcamp.com or do what I did. Just type in uh, Call Me Bronco Bandcamp and do it that way. <laughs> Who are the other members of uh, Call Me Bronco? Uh, in Call Me Bronco, there's uh, T-Bone K Bronco uh, or Aaron mm-hmm. uh, to the people that know him, I guess. <laughs> uh, he's uh, He plays drums. He's we Him and I have been friends for years, like maybe 12 years, 13 years, something like that. Cool. We used to play in a band called uh, Nothing But a Nightmare, like a crust band. Uh, oh, Station Nation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And uh, then uh, Keith uh, plays bass, stand-up bass, and then uh, Bobby plays guitar. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Keith is the best uh, stand-up bass player that I've uh, come across. Um, he's the only stand-up bass player that I have been able to not pay and play in the band. Mm. <laughs> he has a uh, bass, distinction. Uh, stand-up bass that is not totally farty, flappy sounding. Oh. Well, it's kind of like in the scene that we play in, you really, like, if you don't have a stand-up bass, nobody really takes the band seriously. It's just kind of a, Interesting, a thing. Yeah. I'm learning. You know, hmm. it's uh, it's like a, I don't want to say it's a status symbol, but for the sound that you you, you can't get that sound out of a, an electric or even an acoustic bass. Mm-mm. So yeah, I would say it's a status symbol because well, I don't they mean they got to be super expensive, mean, right? I don't mean yeah, well, yeah, yeah, they, they are. are. They're they're <laughs> extremely expensive. I think I think Keith. I don't. I'm I'm throwing numbers out here, but I know he paid. He has under a thousand dollars into that bass, and that is like retarded cheap. Like I think wow. he has like eight hundred, nine hundred dollars into it. And that is Each. that is extremely cheap for that bass. Yikes! But I don't know. I'm I'm not, <laughs> I'm not one to discuss my other bandmates' financial. We'll figure uh, that out. Situations. Uh, Get them on the phone. Cool. Yeah. that thing is the worst thing to tour with, though. Oh, it's so big um, and unwieldy. Like that's half 
half of the space in the van is is the the base cab and head and base. Half, and it, half of the geez. space we take. And it's not rectangular, so no. you can't really like yeah. stack it. There's no Tetris thing in stand-up base. <laughs> no. You gotta pray it sits uh, on Keith, top. Keith does it pretty good. Keith Keith uh, has a system down where it's loaded, and he's uh, he's very diligent, if uh, if anything, on making sure that everything fits nice. And yeah, I'm just thinking like the stand-up base alone's got to be expensive, but then the case too. No. Oh, well, I he doesn't take. He has a hard case for it, right? Which is like it's Gigantic. ridiculous, you know. <laughs> And uh, but he hasn't. He just takes his cloth case with him when we go out in town, or just no, no. When we're on the road, oh. he, he uh, which he bought the road case to take on the road. But then I think he kind of realized that it's just so big. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's just ridiculous. You know, it, 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 we wouldn't be able to fit it places if he had that. But, but he has a pickup on that and runs a. He runs a eight ten. Yeah. I, I do not 610? know. He he changes up his gear so much. He's got a base uh like a custom uh a custom rig ge- being built right now mm-hmm. for him. Cool. And uh so he's using a little Aaron's little practice base amp for <laughs> cute stuff right now. It's adorable. Uh, <laughs> Aww. Oh, you guys. Go make fun of my practice base. <laughs> Keith is the uh the only sober one in the band and so Mm. We always have always it. the driver, always the driver, <laughs> always the uh, the one that that gets gets all the shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. Uh, Position is the suck. Anything to plug? Anything uh, um, coming up? We've got a show on the twenty eighth of this month. On uh, it's a Tuesday with uh, that's the whole band playing, and that's with. Uh, uh, Carry Nation of the Speakeasy from Wichita, Kansas, and uh, the Urban Pioneers. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I'm playing a solo show on the Tuesday before that at Taproom. These are all at Taproom uh, with a band called the Peculiar Pretzelman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, oh, okay, yeah, uh, they actually are a, a phenomenal band. It's a, it's a two piece, and I I'm pretty sure all of their instruments are homemade. Uh, like that. The uh, they're from How peculiar. They're from. They have such a big drum setup. Their drummer's one of the best drummers I've ever seen. He's one of the. Uh, uh, they're from L.A. and I think he does. He does something like. Uh, he's like one of the backup drummers for the Tonight Show or something. He does something Man. like, which is why I have to pay them so much money because <laughs> it's not worth them going on tour. Is he in a union? I have no idea. Oh. I don't. I don't do that stuff. I keep on. I hate it that these these booking agents have my email and can get a hold of me now because <laughs> right. I I'm I keep on trying to stress to them that I'm not an I'm not a talent buyer, I'm not a promoter, no. I'm just a friend and yeah. I will help you out if I can, but you know, yeah. I don't I had to stop a ca- like I will not do a guarantee. I started doing guarantees about 2 years ago. Uh and I I haven't lost that much money on it honestly. Oh, good. Um, you know, it kind of makes if I have a guarantee, I know I can I have to get that many people out, and so I'll bust my ass to make sure I don't lose money on it. But uh, <laughs> as hard as please that, come yeah. to my show. <laughs> I hate. I mean, I feel like I'm a, I'm a broken record because I'm always like just plugging my shows and like, hey, uh, oh, hey, it's nice to see you. I haven't seen you in two weeks, three weeks. Hey, come to this show. I know that's what we talked about the last time I saw you, but this is a different <laughs> one. I didn't come to that one either. 
I've just stopped inviting people that <laughs> don't go to shows. Period. Oh. Instead of inviting like all my friends, I'm yeah. just like, yeah. yeah. But every once in a while, you get you get those people mm-hmm. that I have some people on my like that I haven't seen in months, and they're just you know they're on the 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 Facebook invite. You know they're on the list. And uh-huh. I click them, and uh, they'll show up to shows. And I'm like, why? What are you doing here? I'm like, oh, you invited me. Well, you yeah, came well, out. You know. Well, thank you for coming. <laughs> oh. I guess it does happen. It's good to see. You. I've got another show coming up. Uh, you want to check that one out? I don't know. I feel like I'm annoying people or something. I, I mean, yeah. it's 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 definitely a cross to bear. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, the whole reason I started booking because I pretty much am in charge of every show we play in town. Mm-hmm. Like every Call Me Bronco show in Louisville, I do all the promotions. I book the show. I'm the one that pays out the bands. It's it's all through me. And so when we end up playing a show that i uh i'm not in charge it's kind of weird for me like to not have uh you know anything to do you know i'm not telling (laughs) people to do anything you know yeah sometimes i have to stop myself sometimes because we'll get people that don't really aren't aren't used to booking shows uh and out of town and will show up and i'll i'll kind of take over like oh this band's Mm -hmm. gonna play then and i'm like what i'm in peoria (laughs) illinois i'm this is not my job. I need to let them do that. Yeah. Again. I think it's tricky. Booking shows is a, uh, it's a blessing and a curse. I mean, somebody, it's, it's gotta be done, you know, it's yeah. like, it's like cleaning your room or, mm-hmm. you know, eating. Wait. So uh, what you're telling me is that if I wait long enough to book the show, my mom will do it for me. <laughs> Maybe I actually went flyering with my mom the other day. Oh, that's <laughs> lovely. <laughs> she is, uh, she was in town and, uh, uh, just hanging out with me, and just like, well, what do you, what do you want to do? We, like, we didn't have anything to do, and uh, I was like, well, I got this show. I gotta go around town and put up flyers. So, isn't that a dead milkman song? Flyering with mom out it, of town. It should be <laughs> that of the cows. <laughs> yeah, something. Well, thanks. Um, yeah, the songs are great, and uh, we should uh, go check out the show and uh, follow up on uh, Call Me Bronco and whatnot. And uh, you recorded that with Trip. Yeah, we recorded that with Trip. Oh, we share that in common. Just saw Trip at that outskirts thing. I haven't seen him in a while. He is our guest next week. Oh, is he? Is he? We're finally getting him back after we tried to have him week two or something. Bonafide, yeah. Well, we had him in here, and it was just me and Pat Hume and him. And Pat Hume also does a podcast. We're like, oh, you can just do uh, the Pat Hume show here in Studio Underground and uh, have me and Trip as guests. So now he will be our guest on None of the Above. Oh, official. Awesome. Well, thank you, Sam. Uh, Kyle, do you have a, a sports report you want to do real quick? Yes? Nah. Okay. Okay. That's right. <laughs> I just thought I'd ask. All right. Fuck it. All right. He spent mm. so much time writing these Derek Jeter jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Top three reasons he looks like, or that he's uh, like Jesus. Yeah. Oh, we'll save it for trip when uh, we yeah, yeah, have yeah. a uh, full cast. It just doesn't, it doesn't feel right without Red Dog here. Wait, Kyle. Jesus. <laughs> Derek Jeter. Yeah. It's about as, hey, that was as good as Kyle's jokes. I thought my joke was better. <laughs> well, thank you, Sam. Thank Sam again for coming in. Appreciate it. Had fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice to uh, get to know you a little bit better. Uh, you looking forward to the chili cook-off? Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the chili cook-off is my birthday. Oh, is well, really? Yeah. So, How we're looking you? forward to I will be 30. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Damn. Damn. Younger than me. Well, yeah, younger than me, too. Mm-hmm. Not Kyle, though. Kyle's a little baby. Well, yeah, whatever. I'll be sponsoring Kyle's chili. Look out for it to beat your chili. Oh, I'm. Uh, I was gonna put in a chili, but I'm not this year because it's my birthday. Well, then I'm please vote for Kyle's chili. Anything. Just eat the chili. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm just gonna I'm gonna lord over him like a, a wrestling manager, like Paul Bearer. I, I feel like since I'll talk shit and just <laughs> let the money flow. I'll just I feel like since it's my birthday, my vote should count for more mm. than everybody else's. Yeah, wink, wink, nudge, nudge over here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. We'll see. Are bread bowls we'll a faux pas at the chili cook-off? I think I don't think there's really uh, anything. I would say yeah. that there is no faux pas. I mean, there was there was a guy one year that put the chili in tacos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean, if they're allowing I've, chili tacos, I think a bread bowl might. I got. I mean, I've around. I've been told that the judges' criteria is just the chili, no accoutrement, no, not the uh, not the delivery method. No, no, nothing like that. It's just that's what I've been told at least. Okay, so can we pump it into empty pop tart shells? Yeah. <laughs> How Can you, we fire it out of a gun? Uh, I think you should <laughs> do. Your yeah, mouth. You, should, you should. You should come up with something like a different, like squirt it, like uh, put, well, it put it in a uh, like a tube, and like yeah, I was gonna say a caulking gun. Like, so people, so it stands out because no, but like don't use a ladle. Do something else. Let's get red vines and then fill them with chili. Oh, chili vines. It's oh, like man. a combo. Hey, but the weirdest combo. Rob, you've ever did had you just life. steal fucking <laughs> Max Ballier's idea? Because I'm pretty sure that's what he's doing. Wait, he's <laughs> putting chili into red vines. He's putting red vines into chili. Is he really? Fuck. Mm. Are, we giving, are, we give, are we giving away Max Bally's <laughs> we got chili secrets? It's okay. Nobody's going to hear it. Chili secrets. <laughs> secrets. All right. Well, this has been a fun time. This has been episode 13, and uh, nothing bad's happened, although it is supposed to storm balls here in about an yep. hour. We're going to go move the giant water catching bucket to under our leaky, dumb ceiling, mm-hmm. dick landlord. Oh, I, I discovered a leak last night in my uh, room. Ooh, Perfect. Uh, That's where you uh, want it. Yeah, it's right, right it was, onto your forehead it was, like Chinese water torture. It was going right onto my dirty clothes uh, hamper. Uh, problem solved. Your uh, pile of uh, Call Me Bronco shirts. Yeah, my pile of Call Me Bronco shirts. <laughs> Sweaty Bronco. That I cannot wear. The only time I will, I will wear a Call Me Bronco shirt is around the house or right after a show when mm. uh, it... Uh, you know, I'm drenched in sweat. You got sweat. a towel off. Yeah. I used to have to yell at Keith because he would wear his Call Me Bronco shirt all the time. <laughs> like, what? No, don't do that. We're not, we're not, like, Iron Maiden's only allowed, the only band that's allowed to wear their own shirts. <laughs> Iron Maiden and uh, Motley Crue. Interesting. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> well, cool. Thank you for uh, coming by. Stay tuned uh, next week when we have Trip Behringer. Yeah, and uh, come out uh, <clears throat> Thursday. Mm-hmm. October twenty third, uh, mm-hmm. Wax Eater, Gnarly Davidson, members of Jabber Josh at uh, at the Magbar, at the Magbar Come free out. show, free show, oh. one dollar beer cans. I am off that night. Uh, oh, there. sweet, awesome. Yeah, good. Uh, down. Fr- friend of Wax, uh, Kelly, going to be in town from Texas too. Mm-hmm. I'm taking the day off work the next day. We're all going to get just ill advised, and we'll probably yeah. try to get the uh, Gnarly Davidson uh, folks in here. Yeah, maybe that Friday morning awesome. on that Friday yeah. morning. Come out on the 25th and see me eat feeling. a chair shot. <laughs> Eat a what? Uh, Vader bomb and Blood Planet are set. Oh yeah, that's twenty fifth, and I will Jeez. be refereeing. <laughs> Come see me be a jackass. There you go. Deal. All good things. All good things. Well, there's been none of the above out of Louisville, Kentucky, and uh, take it easy. See ya. Shit the bed.